0: Welcome to another episode of Uncommon Voices, Uncommon Visions. I'm your host, Dr. Valerie Nyberg. And today I have with me my friend, Dr. Nicole Kenyard. You may recognize her from an earlier episode we did together. We're down here in Merida, Mexico. <laughs> Viva Mexico. Um, and we got to talking the other night about doing an episode together that followed up from our last one. Our last one was about uh, being Black mothers, with children going through our phd program and now as seasoned professionals with our phd's under our belts we wanted to continue the conversation with what's next for for us and what's and and how to explore what's next for you so uh, i'll start off with um as a person who's kind of in transition from working with school districts in the school district system to trying to launch my own um, education consulting company, I find that there's a lot of difficulty in navigating that transition, mostly because um, I don't have uh, an example of how to, to make that um, one-to-one transition. And I'm not going on someone else's format. I'm trying to go off of my own. So I feel a lot of uncertainty and un. Um, just uncomfortableness with trying to find my own voice, trying to find my own marketing, trying to trying to do all these things at one time. But I really feel strongly that um, to move education forward, sometimes folks like me and maybe like you have to go outside of that traditional system to push and shove um, it forward. I wanted to give you a, a moment to to jump into conversation, Nicole, and, and tell us about your experience where you are in your career.
1: You know, that's a good point that you make because we were taught that we have to do things from the inside. Yeah, that we absolutely. need to be able to operate in the system, to do the things that we're supposed to do, to go and get the degrees and to learn how to do everything that goes along with it. But what makes what comes to mind is um the master's tools. Yes, I was can't thinking the same thing. dismantle the master's house. Right. And I say that because even I feel like, and maybe you feel this way too, that as much as I've done to try to be within the system, mm-hmm. I know that by the time I got to my dissertation stage, I was done. Um, and I really felt like there wasn't a placement. Mm. Um, and so when, so basically for me, when I got my PhD at that point, I did it because I said, I'm going to finish. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to finish what I started. And all of the hard work and everything that I put in, I felt like I had to walk out with something. But in terms of going into academia itself, I just felt like it was not going to be the kind of space that I thought it would be for me. I did not think that it would be welcoming. Um, It just felt very um, brutal. And I'm not going to really get into all the specifics of that. So the route that I took essentially was private schools. So I got into the independent school world and started working in independent school worlds. And what I found from my experience of working in there is almost similar in ways to what it was like going to graduate school and being at a PWI is they want you there.
0: PWI. Primarily white institutions. Yes.
1: Predominantly white institutions okay. is that they want you there. They want to recruit you for the numbers and for um, window dress mm-hmm. essentially. But when you try to actually be yourself, it's a problem. And I dealt, I dealt with that at two, um, at two uh, independent schools. And so now I'm teaching at a public charter school where it's predominantly black, um, predominantly black and Latina. And I'm dealing with a whole new set of challenges within itself. And for me, I'm, I, I hate to say this, but in a lot of ways, um, I'm just disappointed. And I don't know, I kind of feel like I'm just disappointed in, I wouldn't say myself, but I'm disappointed in the school system, I guess, or the way that I was sold a bill of goods in terms of, oh, this is great and you could do this and you could do that. And I'm in the process now of kind of trying to figure out my own exit strategy.
0: I like how you said mas- using the master's tools to dismantle the master's house because that that's a phrase that keeps coming in my head um, because I fervently, fervently in my 20s thought that was like, yes, you can use the tools. Yes, you know, if you do... If you follow the path, if you follow the design the way it's supposed to be, then you get the access. And um, and I think it, it's particularly for me since that was very much a generational upon generational message. My grandparents taught my mother, my mother taught me um, that. Probably my great, great great grandmother taught her daughter um, that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't work. And I have. I think the word you might've been looking for earlier is a little bit disillusioned hmm. because I, I fervently believe that education is the right tool, but I think the way that it's applied is very, very. It's outdated. Right. Right. Like, um, I was, I have a mind, a mindset coach that I meet with on Monday mornings, um, Monday afternoons. And we were talking about success. We, um, I was have struggling to define myself as a successful administrator. Um, and in fact, when we had they it's a it's a husband-wife team, and they have this mindset gym every Thursday, every other Thursday, and every other Monday. And um, I was trying to define myself as a successful, and I said, you know, I'm looking at this model of success, which is a white male. Um, person who came from the same district I just worked for and is now uh, an independent consultant and how successful he's become in two to three years and how, you know, he was successful as an administrator. And um, her husband asked me, so, you know, you were successful too, right? And I was like, yeah, but not in the same way. And he's just like, no, 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 that's limiting beliefs how would how would you rephrase that but the fact of the matter is the fact that i got to the place that i got to in the community that i got there was the success that was really that was exciting. the success and i have to <laughs> continuously remind me that my success isn't going to be like other people's success or there aren't real real models for my success um and that's okay but it then means that you're doing a lot of a mental and emotional flipping back and forth within yourself to figure out how to redefine or how do you look at or or what lens are you going to use or measure are you going to use for this work that you're doing that's outside of that conventional institution. I, I agree, it needs to change, um, It's but it's like a train. You can't just turn a train around. It's got to come to a stop. It's got to rest. And then you've got to figure out like which tracks. And there's a lot of manipulation in that process of turning. But I do believe it can turn. And I do want to continue fighting for it to turn because we're not anomalies. We're not anomalies. And it's hard, really, really hard not
1: to feel like an anomaly. Mm -hmm. But we're not. Well, you know, there's a lot that you said that I'd like to respond to. And I kind of want to backtrack where you were talking about success or kind of fitting into this system. And I know for me, unlike you, I didn't come from a generation of people who uh, were educated per se. So I literally was doing it on my own in terms of applying for financial aid, going to college night, uh, going to grad school fears, filling out applications, doing all of that. And so for me, the, I guess the shiny whistle was that it represented stability Mm -hmm. and it represented respectability, Mm -hmm. that I was going to be educated, that I had a a good, a solid profession, that I would be respected as an educator, that I would have steady income. Um, And I wouldn't necessarily people would look at me a certain way because I had this degree, because I taught university, because of all of these things. Um, And so when I decided to go into the independent school world, I can say that the institutions that I taught at were really good, were great. Um, And the curriculum was pretty much, I would say, entry college level sort of work in terms of the kind of curriculum that I was giving them. But I do have to say that I struggled with this my own idea of success because I didn't feel successful. <clears throat> I didn't even feel like I fit in. Um, I never felt like there was exactly a place for me because I just saw things differently, and so it was it was challenging for me to, I guess, have a sort of conversation with people. When we were not speaking the same language, mm-hmm. um, and so I was in a situation where I think people had it in their minds. they saw me a certain way, mm-hmm. and I didn't see myself that way or they saw some myself saw me some kind of way. I didn't even know how they were seeing me, and so I felt i'm not i'm i, I just felt like I was misunderstood mm-hmm. now, I'm saying all of this not for a pity party and not to say, "Oh, what was me?" and you know, all of that craziness. But what I can say is that I gained a lot from those experiences, a lot of professional experience, a lot of work experience, a lot of experience in terms of working with people from different backgrounds. Um, And I grew as a person, absolutely. Um, So now how I'm trying to, how I'm starting to see success is you have to do something that speaks to your spirit. Mm. Um, You've got to do something that, I wouldn't necessarily say do what you gotta do until you do what you wanna do, or this sense of do your passion, or if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I don't believe in that, that's bogus. Because with everything that you do, and I don't know about you, Valerie, but (laughs) even with the stuff that I'm doing now, there's still a lot of grunt work and things Mm -hmm. that I I think in a lot of ways is is kind of slowed me down a bit Mm -hmm. because that's still a part of the everyday kind of management part of doing things. But I do truly believe that success should be individually defined mm. in terms of where you've come from, how far you've gone. And from that point, kind of thinking ahead or planning in terms of where you would like to go. And that's different for everyone. So I think an, a nice way
0: of kind of piggybacking on that is growth. You you were talking about how your experiences have helped you grow professionally and personally. I personally feel that it's the personal that should become first hmm. um and when we when we become integrated people so i'm going to back up a little bit so yes my family had access to education and highly prized education but there was no one to help me do things like i i kind of stumbled into right. some of the situations i was in but um it was a pathway of, like you said, stability, respectability, it was a way to go from just surviving to thriving. Right, right. And I definitely believe that we're all supposed to thrive. But once you get past the surviving stage, which I believe we're both past past that that stage of getting to the um, plateau, we're not at the mountaintop, but we're definitely at the plateau where we're like, Okay, we okay. can rest, we can we can gather ourselves, we can figure out what, what the next steps are. Um, you need to be able to get there to figure out what is your pinnacle? Mm-hmm. What is that, that top that you're trying to reach? And for me, that is also very personal. And I agree also that that doesn't mean that you're gonna like everything you do. Like I enjoy putting together podcasts. I hate editing them. Um, I hate them. I hate that part. But I enjoy the ideas, the conversations. I get very um, energized by that process. Um, it doesn't mean I like every part of it, um, but it's it's enough for me to keep going at it like this is my second year. So um, that's important to to consider that it's not one thing or the other. I think too, so much of the media or so much of what we see is black or white. We don't see the nuances and the mo- mo- multiple dimensions of what it takes to get to that place or create that product or do that thing. And we get we feel sometimes duped when it, it, it when we hit something that's really tedious and we're like, God, what just do it this way? Um and but that's okay. Again, you're refining what you're de- how you're defining it you're refining your skill set you're also refining and honing what your real purpose is because unless you start to try things which people who don't who are in survival mode don't have the energy right to try things once you start to try things then you start to really craft that one thing that you really feel like you need to do or have to or you want to do with with
1: where you're going. And I I think that's the most important thing that you said that I really like is. I think for for a lot of people, we're just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And in this life for a lot of people, that's all they can do. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what they do their whole lives. And I don't know about you, but now that you say that, sometimes I feel like I've slowed my own progress down because of survivor's guilt. Mm, yeah, this sense that I've gotten to this point where I have the privilege to, hey, look, I'm in Mexico right now. Right, I stay at work, but I'm not. <laughs> but I have that privilege, you know, and I have other privileges and abilities to do things that a lot of people that I know who are very close to me that they cannot do. But that's something that we both worked really hard at, you know, because... Our sons are grown. They're in their 20s. They're living their own lives. They're doing their own things. And we're both still relatively young. And so I would definitely say for me right now is that the biggest challenge has been um, moving from the not only moving from the survival survivor to thriver mindset, but also having that reflect itself in, in my life, because I've been working on the things that I've been working on for the past four years. And part of the challenge, some, part part of the big challenge that I face is just what I was saying to myself mm-hmm. and what I have been saying to myself, which has slowed me down, I think, in a lot of ways. But I'm okay with that. Because as you know, you said at the beginning, and we've said, there's no <clears throat> straight path to mm-hmm. this. And from what I've seen of other individuals who have gone on to be successful is is a lot of tri- trial trial and error. A lot of it is making multiple mistakes, mm-hmm. um, and so that has been. And and, and 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 so what I take away from that is you got to keep going.
0: Right, right, and I think I think in in terms of getting to this place, we think if we make mistakes. That's the end. Yes, and and you know there there is no there's no margin of error like the, but the fact because there was no margin of error error, getting 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 to this point, but (laughs) but now there is a lot of play. Mm -hmm. I like that word play. Play. There is a lot of play and there is a lot of exploration um, that you have to be able to do. In order to really become what who in what you want to become. Mm -hmm. I think I've been reading a book that talks about how we're taught to see the world in lenses. So um, for folks who like theory, the postmodernism, you're looking at different lenses based on your privilege, based on your class, based on your gender, based on your race, all of those things. But we don't, we're not really taught in that, and Okay, the lenses come from a, a having having oriented way of looking at things. You're having. You're trying to. You're trying to gather. You're trying to um, mm, own. Mm. You're trying to own a, a, a piece of not actual real estate, but a, you're trying to own something. And instead of trying to own something you really want to start to become something, which means you have to do mirror work. Mm. You have to look at yourself and understand how you operate and what your capitulations are and be able to do that inner reflection in a way, like you said, to be aware of the voices that you say to yourself, the things that you say to yourself, how limiting they they can be, how how, uh, they come out of place from your childhood or your previous days, experiences and really
1: unpack that and unwork that and unlearn that. Right. Cause it's almost like that popular saying they say that when you become adult, you live the rest of your life trying to overcome your childhood. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I like this idea of instead of owning, which has which is of, loaded, yes, it, it is. has a lot of connotations, yes. um, versus becoming something. Um, because I feel like with owning something comes domination, control right. right.
0: But I think like right now in our culture, we're a very having oriented culture. Right. And and so there is all of that, like dominance, control, c- competition. Um, this this scarcity mindset. Exactly. That
1: really distracts you from what you're supposed to be doing in here. Exactly. And, you know, I, it's like once I let go of that owning and grasp more to that becoming. It's like my life has become so much more better and enlightening, enlightening. And so just a quick thing. Um, I have an organization called Beloved Lotus. Mm-hmm. And essentially what I do is create um, online, and I could do it in person, spaces for black women to essentially come to voice, connect, be together, just be themselves. And um, one of the the challenges in terms of this owning, mindset was okay I've got to get my website I've got to get my LLC I've got to do this do this do this do this do that and then I got all that and then I was like oh, now what now what and so I start doing the circles and only one person's showing up two people showing up and I was like oh I'm gonna start charging and this, that and the other and it just was like totally not I, I kind of lost that that fire and that energy for it and so what I found is that Since I would say September, October, I just said, how about I just start with just doing the circles once a week, Mm -hmm. as I did, and just take it from there. You can commit to just doing the circles once a week. And since I've done that in terms of just committing to doing the circles once a week, that has been such, such a relief and a release for me because there's no pathway for this. Right. Um, And we've got to go at our own pace and you keep moving, keep going. And so now I feel like coming up soon, I'll be ready to actually um, share online some of the stuff that I've written or write, or do you have a running blog of some of the writings that I've done in the different circles? Or some of the people that have done writings in that circle. Right. Or some of the people who have done writing in that circle, just to give people a chance, a little bit of insight into actually what goes on um, in order to draw attention.
0: Right. And I I mean, I think I have had that similar thing. Like my last episode was about not having an episode for a month and a half because I, you know, I've got the website, I've got all these, I had my first client and I was working with my first client and all of these things. And things didn't work out exactly the way I had hoped and the way I had planned. And I came to a realization that all of that doing was preventing me from being. And I kind of hit a wall and just didn't do a podcast for a while. And it right. wasn't because I hadn't prepared one or hadn't thought about it. Like there wasn't any of that. It was just that I needed to sit down and be still and being able to give myself the permission to, it, it doesn't have to be just because I've set out that it happen. that I'm doing a, a podcast every other Monday and Monday comes around like today and I haven't done It doesn't mean that it's, I'm a failure or I've made a mistake or people are like, Oh my gosh, she's, she's so unorganized. That isn't what, that's not what that means. It just means that life happened, something happened. Mm-hmm. And I will get that to that episode when I get to that episode and I am still establishing a body of work or a body of work that I can look back to in the future and say, I did that.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because one of the women from my circle, she prints out the, the agendas. So every week I put together some poetry and some quotes and some questions. And that's what we use as as fodder for discussion. And when she pulled them out and showed it to me, it really hit me that I've actually got a body of work. Right. This is amazing. I have been doing something. right?
0: Um, well, and I like, and I struggle with that because, like, all of this last year, I've had doctors, I've had other people say, like, you know, you're doing, like, you're doing really great, and I'm like, I'm not doing anything, <laughs> and 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 it's like you just have to really understand that. It's not like going to school where you go to class, you take your notes, you take an exam and you get a letter grade, right? This is a much more intuitive and personal process that you are folding into your layers of understanding, your layers of being. And there isn't necessarily this shiny gold star that you're going to get that someone's going to go. Bing. <laughs> you. Just... <laughs> Um, um, and instead it's, 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 it's like a unilogue. It's, it's circular. It's, it's nonlinear. It's, it's knotted. It's, it's beautiful in a way that we're not taught to see beauty in our own lives. I wanted to interject one thing. I think the magical thing about this time in human life is we have more people who are able to reach past their survival yeah. mentality to looking at thriving. And I'm really happy to see so many voices come out, so many projects come out that 15 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago wouldn't have been possible. Um, and I believe we're going in the right direction, even if it doesn't necessarily feel like it's fast enough.
1: Mm. You know. Well, I'm grateful that we're in this. That we're in this moment together, <laughs> uh, because we both come a really different way, um, and. I never imagined myself here at this place. I don't even, I I imagine that my life would be something totally different, but I can say for sure that where I'm at right now, I'm very much happy with it. I'm at peace um, with where I'm at in my life. Um, I'm
0: just, I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity to um, pause on all of the, having the, you know, the creating and, and all of that stuff. I mean, I went from my mama's house to the military, from the military to having husband, having husband, having children, having children to going back to school. And then all of the things that came after that. So I was always trying to do something, fit something, learn something, grasp something. And, and now I have time to Figure out like, oh, I like to get up at six o'clock in the morning and that's the best time for me and do my exercise first thing in the morning. Like I get to dictate for myself what what my day looks like, what my week looks like and and to have the freedom, the privilege, the privilege, the privilege to be able to do that.
1: I am in, immensely immensely grateful yeah i i would definitely say that i am too and it's very humbling mm-hmm. and humbling not in a in a in a i guess a false kind of narcissistic kind of way but in a really empathic mm-hmm. deep understanding type of way because with, start,
0: we're starting we're standing
1: on other people's shoulders right we are and you know we were talking about this the other day where we think about the women who came before us, mm-hmm. you know, when I think about my mom and how she got me to this point, and then I think about her mother and then her mother's mother who passed during childbirth. And then my grandmother, my father's mother who she passed really early because of um, cancer, you know, in her fifties. So just thinking about all the women of earlier generations and <clears throat> Thinking about where I'm at in my life to see how, not saying that my, just to see the things that I've been able to do is so differently from my mom and from my sister and from other women, um, not necessarily better or worse or anything like that, but just being able to become.
0: Yeah. I mean, because
1: you really see the difference. And you feel it, and you can pick up on it when you see people who have the ability or have have the privilege of becoming right. It goes back to
0: that Maslow's hierarchy of needs of self actualization. Mm-hmm. You can only get there if you have all of those other parts fulfilled, um, and you you. I, people treat the hierarchy like it's a step, step stairs, like you can only go up or down, but really you're going up and down all the, time, all the time, depending on where you are in that moment. But you can only ascend once you've gathered all of those other parts and you have those in abundance mm-hmm. for yourself that you can get to that moment where you're like, yeah, you know, and I, I am, again, grateful for the space and the time, but also the journey, even though um, there have been a lot of rough parts Um, and, you know, they say, God doesn't give you what you can't handle. I beg to differ sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Or I can beg to differ sometimes. Really? Right. But, you know, when you when you do survive that and you get on the other side there is so much learning and growth and and new understanding um that i really feel like i'm never going to go back to the person i used to be even 10 years ago mm. um and that's important because like you said not not all of us get that opportunity um and you can tell the difference you can tell the difference in the way someone walks How they interact with you, how they how they reflect their view of the world to you, Um, and I am I'm lucky.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know one of the things that I picked up about myself between now and let's say five six years ago is I didn't realize how angry I was, Mm. how much anger I carried around in me. Um, and it doesn't necessarily come out as, oh, right. That, um, it's, it was like smoldering in me. Um, and it was a lot of anger. I think I carried towards myself and a lot of anger that I just held towards the world. Mm -hmm. And it was anger that I had to check myself on and really work through letting go.
0: I love that you said that because I also had a, an immense well of anger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, years of therapy weren't getting to it. Um, I my anger reveals itself through anxiety, um, and anxiety and depression, mostly anxiety.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: once I con- I got the anxiety, I like I literally just had to admit to myself that. I was going to have to chemically alter some of, you know, some of my brain chemistry in order to get past that Mm. well of anger. And I mean, I've never, I've never had to go back. And I, even if I have to take meds for the rest of my life, I'm good with that Mm -hmm. because the person who carried around all that anger isn't the person I want to be she was mm. inflexible she was judgmental she was um unkind mm. and I don't want to be that person you know and she wasn't unkind like I'm just going to be mean to you but she was unkind with okay well you can do it that way but I, I, I really know the, the way to do this um that kind of unkind and you can't ascend if you're doing it on the backs of other people Mm. it's just that's i think like a universal law out there i mean i think we see a lot of what we perceive as ascension people getting what they want Mm -hmm. on the backs of other people but they're really on you there's more to the story than what's shared you know what's on the outside Mm -hmm. and i think um if you really want to become you have to wrestle that down
1: and and come to terms with it. Yeah. I think my anger showed up as entitlement. Mm. It showed up as a chip on my shoulder because I felt like <clears throat> I'd done all of this and I'm this. So why can't I have this? I should be able to get this, 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 that, and the other. And I felt like what I'd done to get there, that should have been enough. Um And so I was very angry because I felt like there was stuff old to me mm, that I deserved certain things. Mm. Um, And I think I realized that. No, you don't. I think I realized that I don't know. I feel like in some ways I'm still working that out, but the most important thing I learned is who cares? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also it's like, the only thing you guaranteed in this life is that you're going to die. That's it. And so everything else that happens to you, good, bad, or whatever, you know, is it just is what it is. Um, so yeah, I I feel like I'm still working on that, that part. But aren't we all? Yeah, we all are. We all are. Um, but that was very um humbling for me to be like, oh, I didn't realize that. That was that was very interesting to have that moment with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. There are so many moments.
0: Um, I still don't think there's enough time in the day. Nope. (laughs) There's not enough energy that any one person could have it, you know, at their disposal. That's enough. But like we said earlier, taking small steps, Mm -hmm. um, committing to yourself, committing to yourself and not being afraid to push the pause button if you need to. Or take a different, you know, take a different route um, than the one you thought you were going to be on. And
1: that's really important. Take a different route. Don't be afraid to go in a different direction. Right. Um, Because sometimes that different direction can be exactly what you need. Right. Um, And you have to sometimes just step out on a whim step out on faith step out on whatever that is inside of you that's saying no go this way right yeah
0: and i think like just listening i i think mm-hmm. as americans i i think this is an american thing as americans we're taught not to listen to that voice inside of our heads or inside of our bellies or inside of your heart wherever the voice comes from but to really hone your tuning ear to that voice and trust it. Um I I have been lucky that I feel like I've always had that voice. There have been a few times when I felt like just kind of wandering through the woods, but I've for the most part been able to listen to that voice. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to be hard. Right. Or you're not going to be disappointed or you're not going to fail. But That
1: voice will still be there for you if you continue to listen to it. And what's important about listening to that voice is you got to get quiet. Yeah. So that means you're going to have to cut out a lot of the chitter chatter around you, Mm -hmm. whether it's sound, music, uh, narratives, ideas, other people, the media. You you (laughs) really have to. You and it's scary, it's very scary, um, at first, yeah. Because when you've taught when you're surviving, you're always in motion,
0: yeah. So to slow down Mm -hmm. and to pause to stop
1: feels like you know, you're just gonna you're open, you're you're gonna collapse. You're you're your target now because you slow down. Mm -hmm. Or oh, I should be doing something. Why am I not doing something? I'm not doing anything. Then I it must be wrong if I'm not doing it. Right. I so. agree with that. I agree with
0: that. Well, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Hmm. Go with your friends. Well, <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. Go with your friends.
1: And I will temper that by saying that. Friends is a tricky word mm. because not everyone is your friend. And everyone should not be your friend mm. because this journey is not for everyone, at least at one time. There may be people in your life who may go on ahead in this journey or people who may come after you, but... You have to be willing to, if it's necessary, to let people go. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they can't come back. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But you cannot let your friends stop you on your journey. I I love that you say
0: that because um, for me, a long time ago, I had to decide that friends are the people who support you they might not understand and they might not even agree but they love you anyway and they will support you in in the ways that they can Um, and the people who will criticize you ridicule you um, question like your sanity those are not those are people who they're it's not that they're not friends but they're not the people who you can lean on when you are having a rough day mm-hmm. and you're not certain about your direction. And those people are the people who come and go mm-hmm. versus the people who stay for the duration. Mm-hmm. And even, even the folks who stay for duration, they have seasons as well. And right, um, I'm in the process of redefining friendships and uh, so long-term friendships. And what those really mean to me and what they add to, to, to my life. I think um, I, I firmly believe that you meet people for a reason, whether, what, whatever that reason is, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are always with you. Um, they might just have a season or they might just play a small role and
1: then you, you grow on and you move forward. mm mm-hmm and you just appreciate or take what you can from that relationship and experience with them right and you love i think that's really
0: really like and to love doesn't mean to make yourself small or to give things away it really means to hear your own voice to hear their voice too and give
1: space for them to to be who they are
0: right right i think I think that's what this week has been all about is like really um in this travel that we're doing around Mexico um with another person is really finding um that you you sometimes bump up against each other and and you kind of go like ow that that hurt but being able to say ow that, that hurt. hurt and and to listen to oh what you know, what the other, what that experience was like for the other person and to to make sense of it and come to peace with it mm-hmm. um, and a safe that you're all still safe and, mm-hmm. and
1: okay. And, okay. and that's, that's a true gift. It is because it's not easy um, dealing with conflict or no. dealing with that bump. Um, and I know for a lot of people, and I'm glad we talked about this last night, that a lot of us did not learn how to deal with conflict mm-hmm. um in a positive way and and it shows you know depending on who you're talking to or interacting with and so a lot of times we've had to learn it. I know I had to learn it definitely um, did. and over the years, I've gotten better at um dealing with conflict up front instead of just running and hiding or doing something else or trying to avoid it um, but yeah,
0: yeah. The conflict. All right. Anything else? Laugh <laughs> <Yeah>. often. <laughs> you gotta laugh, <laughs> and don't be afraid to let your hair down because that's that's a thing too. That's a thing that I struggle with, but it's a thing too.
1: Yeah. Well, I let it up because I cut mine. <laughs> but. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, Thank you very
0: much for listening or watching this episode. This has been another episode of Uncommon Voices, Uncommon Visions. I'm your host, Dr. Valerie Nyberg. And I'm Dr. Nicole Gagnard. Please feel free to like, share, or comment. And thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you next
1: time. All right. Take care. Bye.